yoga teachers, mindfulness leaders, and energy workers. Are you ready to stop side hustling and start making an income doing what you love? Welcome to the Marketing Off The Mat Podcast. Each week, your host, Jessica Cross, dives into conversations with successful creatives in wellness, business, marketing, and more to uncover practical methods to take your business from A to B and have some fun along the way. Grab some tea and pull up a seat. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to Marketing Off the Mat. This is Jessica. I'm so glad that you're here because I have a great show for you today. I have Sandy Raper from Sandy Raper Yoga and the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast on the show today. And we are talking all about longevity and sustainability as teachers. So she is so passionate about teaching her teachers to not only be a good teacher, understand what it is with their teaching and have the tools and accessibility to do so with a great skill. But she teaches her teachers how to build a sustainable business. And that comes with the seasons of life and that might change and mold as we move through the different portions of our life. And she is here for all of that. She takes us on a journey from her early days of teaching, how she got exposed to yoga and how she went through her teacher training process all the way to leading her own teacher trainings and starting her business and mentoring teachers. It's such a great episode. I hope that you'll take a listen. Let's dive in. Hey, Sandy, how are you? Hi, Jessica. I am doing well. I'm excited to spend some time with you this afternoon. Well, it's this afternoon where I am, but um, I'm just glad to be a part of this and excited for our conversation. Oh my goodness. Me too. I I just, I love the work that you do and the messages that you're sharing out into the world. And I just knew that you had to be on this show and (laughs) have more people exposed to you. So thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. And thank you again. I appreciate it as well. And I am appreciative of the work you do as well. And, you know, we're in this together and trying to connect yoga, you know, to as many people as possible. And I'm a huge advocate for it. That's what I tell people. So (laughs) I'm excited. Yeah. After 20 years now, it's like, yeah, I'm a huge advocate for this. Like, yeah, you really should try it. Yes. Yes. And I, yeah, I think the, the more, and it's exactly what we're talking about too, the more teachers that we have that are able to continue to teach in a sustainable way, the more people yoga reaches. So it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about you and your career journey. I know you, you have a lot of experience in the yoga space, and I would love to know a little bit more about you and what brought you here to today. Well, I'll try to be, I'll try to convince <laughs> this. Um, I am a talker and I'm a details person. So I, I try to edit myself uh, sometimes, but then I don't want to take out or leave out any of the, the flavor or the colors of things that I could share that, that, you know, hopefully might inspire someone listening or just give them a better glimpse into who I am. Um, you know, I, I think for me, um, I obviously have a a lot of roles that I play. I'm a mom of three very active athletic boys. Um, And so I am right now currently in a season where I am not teaching classes right now because I am in baseball season is what I tell people. But um, (laughs) so I have that going on. I, um, 
you know, have been teaching, I've already mentioned for 20 years and, and maybe a key point to kind of give a start point of how that showed up for me. I never saw on the radar of, of becoming a yoga teacher. Actually, I worked in the, the kind of professional realm of, um, clothing and textiles and merchandising. That's what I went to college for. And then I also had a parent, my mom, um, who lived with multiple sclerosis. And so she passed away, actually, it's been 20 years now. And that 20 year mark that I'm meeting is a catalyst in many ways of things that changed for me that year. And part of that was her death. Um, I had been a caregiver for her the last five years of her life. And so when she passed 20 years ago, I was left with trying to figure out I had two small children and I was like, what am I going to do? Do I go back into the, the merchandising retail realm that I had left? And fortunately I had some space and some time to figure out some things and not rush into anything. And so I did what kind of we do when things like that happen, I believe is I saw some normalcy or a routine of what I had been doing and I went to the gym. <laughs> so I went to the gym and I saw this like group class thing taking place of these people doing these very interesting things with their body. <laughs> well, come to find out it was yoga and I'm a curious person. So I'll tell people my start point with yoga was coming from curiosity. And so I thought, why not? I've got some time. I've got some extra time. Let me roll into this class, see what it is. Well, that's the start point. And I began the yoga practice um, shortly after my mom's passing. And so to me, the yoga practice has been a gift. Um, it helped me in so many ways and subtly it helped me in my grieving process with my mom and um, continues to do that. And so from there, it just rolled into a dedication to the practice. I, um, about six months later, rolled into my first teacher training, terrified that I was going to step out and now teach. But it really, for me, Jessica, um, became, I was trying to seek and find what would I do now with my time, um, with who I was and wanting to serve and connect um, in the service of what I felt I had been able to encounter with my mother and taking care of her. And for me, becoming a yoga teacher in that pursuit, it was born out of that death experience uh, with her that, you know, kind of here we are 20 years later, I'm still teaching. I train others to teach. I mentor teachers and it's still a gift to me. And it's all about service and connection. So I know that was probably a lot, um, but that's kind of somewhat in a nutshell to share with you kind of where it started and where I am now. Yeah, no, it, it was, it was the perfect amount. It was absolutely perfect. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can so resonate. And I, I know many of the people that are listening right now can resonate too. It's yoga often finds us in, in these, these points where, you know, we're not exactly sure where to turn and mm -hmm. we don't know what, what that thing is going to be. And it somehow presents itself in the way that we're able to accept it. And yeah. Through, and I through, love that you said if, you know, we find, I, and I often say I, it found me, like I, I wasn't mm -hmm. seeking, I didn't think I any grief counseling. I was one, of, I'm a very independent person because I'm also an only child. <laughs> so um, that and having a mother, you know, with a disability, I was very independent, young. And so it's kind of like, I got this, I don't need <laughs> 
help. Um, But it found me and became something that, you know, like I said, I guess I was seeking it, but not really. It was in a subtle realm and I feel like it found me. So I love that you mentioned that. Mm, yeah, it's, it's so true. And it does, it does find us in, in, in the presence in that perfect time when we, mm-hmm. we might be feeling that it's, you know, things aren't so perfect, so to speak, like quote unquote. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and so you, so you, you jumped in this teacher training, you've really immersed yourself into this world. And now not only did you teach that you start to teach other teachers how to teach and become a teacher of teachers. And I'm sure throughout this process, you know, not only through your career, but also having a family and, you know, processing the emotions of your mother's passing and, you know, all the things that go into being a human, there may have been a point too, where you realize like, you need a, you need some sustainability in your life and your, in your career. So you can Mm -hmm. continue to, to, share this message that has been so pivotal for you with yoga. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so tell me about that. Well, you know, I think what we find or what I have found is there's seasons, right? We, we encounter them, you know, obviously nature is our, our greatest, you know, representation of seasons. And I think sometimes we don't equate that into the seasons of our life. And so, I believe what I've learned to be able to now fast forward from that start point 20 years is this adaptability to the various seasons in my life. And so when I started teaching, like I I mentioned earlier, I had two small young children. They weren't even in school yet. Mm -hmm. And since then, I added another one (laughs) to the mix (laughs) as well, because I know I mentioned I have three boys. So, you know, my pursuit as a yoga teacher has um, ebbed and flowed and had adaptability, you know, woven into it that I know has supported sustainability for me to continue now to be able to do this work. And I believe it's all the same work that I'm doing that I charted out to do 20 years ago. I've just been able to, to let it morph and evolve and really that curiosity again, to take me into different expanded ways to share and connect and be of service again, because those are the two key components from the very beginning uh, that I still align into as service and connection, you know, is the opportunities and the teaching that I'm doing in service and connecting myself to others, but connecting them right to the practice. So, you know, as far as sustainability, I think there has to be an adaptability that what started out, you know, may not be the same now. And it's not, it's not going to be. And so I taught for a while, I immersed myself into really trying to be a teacher that could meet the needs of the students and not run away from them, so to speak, when all the things that they don't teach you in teacher training show up, right? That's the people that show up in class. So how was I going to relate to them? You know, how was I going to relate in a way that connected them beyond me, but to the practice? And so I think adaptability supports sustainability. And then the curiosity too to learn something new. I had been teaching about Oh, 10 years in almost when I was called, I felt it, you know, to teach teachers, but then I was terrified again. It's kind of like that first yoga class you teach, but I was like, you know what? I, 
I can do this. And because I knew I could have done in past experiences things, it's like, it's just something new. So I think you have to be adaptable. You have to be willing to learn. And then now, as I kind of add another decade to my teaching experience, it has to be this willingness too to evaluate. And I've done this for years now, but evaluate and unlearn <laughs> some mm. things that might have been real significant, I felt in the very beginning. And so adaptability, you know, this curiosity still to, to I don't know it all. And that would be no fun at all. Mm -hmm. I did. <laughs> and so, you know, curious to learn. And then this ability to, you know, check my ego, so to speak, and evaluate that I don't know it all. I'm not going to know it all. And there's some things that possibly my next step is to unlearn it, <laughs> you know, and yeah. pursue. So I hope that kind of helps us to support, you know, that question of sustainability. But I think that adaptability piece, things are always changing and seasons of your life are changing. So how are you going to carry the yoga practice? And if you're a yoga teacher with you through those varying seasons? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. I can, I can relate a lot. And I feel like, um, you know, a parigraha is coming to mind when we think about the seasons changing. And if we're in a certain season of our teaching, um, you know, maybe we're in a place that we really love, like we're enjoying what we're, it is, what it is that we're teaching, but for whatever, for whatever reason, things are changing all the time, as we said, and it's not necessarily fitting your life. So you're teaching a ton of classes and, you know, when you're in it, you're feeling great, but when you're you know, driving all over town and you're not making that much money and you're just realizing it's like my family needs a different type of support that I can provide with this type of practice or this type of teaching style that I'm putting out there. It's like, if you open your palms and allow the adaptability, the sustainability, as you said, can be its, be its companion. It can Absolutely. Really yeah. And not to shy away, you know, again, from, you know, I think for the yoga teacher, teacher, it becomes, you know, the get the repetition and the experience of teaching those, you know, I call it drop in classes, teach the classes and teach in a variety of different ways in a variety of different settings. And then be willing to challenge yourself that and to understand that you do know and you are ready right to offer something expanded so you know maybe the workshop comes in or you know those things are like me I you know it evolved into workshops and then it turned into um, yoga teacher training and I've mentioned you know I have three children two of them one's finished college already one's in college one will be heading that way in a couple of years and for me generating income from a sustainability was to find a balance between what I was putting out there and getting a return in the balance exchange for me to contribute to my family and for my boys to go to college. And, you know, that means that adaptability comes in again to seek ways that I can, like you said, not drive all over the place, <laughs> but <laughs> maximize, be efficient with my time and expand myself at the same time as a teacher and develop and grow. Mm, yes. Yeah. And, you know, as you were saying, to not, to not shy away, like to not shy away from like the reality of what it is that is in front of us. It's like, I think some teacher trainings out there and, you know, you know, all props to the teacher trainings that are, you know, making it happen and 
they're, they need to make a living and they need to train teachers in the best way that they can possibly do. But we don't really talk about these things in our 200 hour teacher trainings. Right. We, we talk about like getting that studio teacher training job and then, you know, happily ever after. That's <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and there's just so much more to it. Absolutely. There sure is. And, you know, I, as a teacher trainer, always want to incorporate the things that I know from my experience and what I have found to have success in um, to, I want to equip the trainees that are training with me with that and get them ready because it's just the foundation and they got to get ready to do the work. Mm -hmm. And then I think sometimes if we're not careful, Jessica, that we can get stuck in this, you know, you know, when I get ready or, or, or when, you know, when I get another training or when I get another certification, instead of really doing the work, start implementing what we do know and expanding that into something that could be an expanded offering that at the same time of what you're giving, you can generate extra income that supports you in the ability to do this work. Cause I often say, Peace, love, and yoga does not pay the bills. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, for yoga studios or whoever's listening, like there's a business element to it, uh-huh. an entrepreneurship that you have to get into that mindset to create sustainability doing this. Oh, yes. The, this peace, love, and yoga vibes do not pay the bills. <laughs> That I think if anybody's yes. listening, if that's what you just took from here, <laughs> there's your takeaway. There you go. Yeah, it's it's so true. It's like, and it's it's too. It's like the 200 hour course can can only prepare you so much. If you're not willing to put in the work, then I mean that's that's really that's it. You know, that's it for you. And I think probably that's where a lot of people get stuck is. Mm-hmm thinking, well, I'm not exactly sure what to do next. So as you were mentioning, like collecting certifications and things that, you know, maybe they're not going to actually use, but it feels like progress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people get stuck there too. So I I love that you're, you know, a voice of truth for (laughs) really on your podcast and in your teacher trainings for it's like, no, it's not really like that. It's like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, and isn't Jessica there, you know, a disillusionment really, if we're not truthful in these yoga teacher trainings that just because you get that piece of paper, right. (laughs) You graduate. Like, I mean, bravo. I, you know, that is a huge accomplishment. But now, right, Mm -hmm. the work really begins to get out there in the nitty gritty in the real time and really do the work. And that's why sometimes it's unfortunate that we have a lot of people rolling through teacher trainings. And it's not that it's always meant for you to become a teacher. Like a lot of people are doing that for their own personal, you know, depth and study. And, and why not, you know, use a teacher training to gather all that and that experience. But, you know, there's a lot of them that are rolling out and I've had conversations with teachers who do not feel equipped to go out and teach a class. And so for me, that's a deal breaker. Like if you leave my training, my 200 hour, and you don't feel equipped with the tools right now, it's not like I'm making you into something like, but I have equipped you with what is necessary to go out there and do the work. And I've given ample time of application Mm -hmm. in the training to Mm -hmm. do it. Right. And then you have to dedicate that you're willing to do the work beyond that. But I think there can be a disillusionment that all of a sudden we step out of that 200 hour and poof, you know, 
we have arrived. We are, you know, this yoga teacher and I'm sorry, (laughs) like, you know, some people have a little more of a different skill set already set up for them coming through that. But some, it's like, you're going to have to work a little harder if you really want to pursue this. And it's the hard work is worth it. I often say it's a worthy endeavor to pursue, Mm. to be a yoga teacher. It's very worthy. Mm, I love that. I I, I love that it kind of, what that summed up to me is like, you can give them the tools, but you can't do the work for them. Absolutely. It's accountability. (laughs) Yeah. It's so, it's so, and when we come out of that, that safe container of, you know, this, you know, beautiful training and we're kind of, you know, out on our own, it can get a little scary. Like it's like, now what? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. For sure. It gets lonely too. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm just so glad that we have, you know, people like you, like mentoring and leading the way, you know, for folks that have that feeling. I know there are a lot out there who exit their 200 hour and they're not sure what to do next. And sometimes they don't do anything next for the folks that, you know, (laughs) exactly. You know, you need to be frozen by that. And I'll go back to that people waiting until they're ready. Well, being ready, being ready means you're prepared. And so, you know, if, if, and this is kind of a call out to those people leading 200 hour trainings to really evaluate, are you equipping your trainees in that way that they are prepared, right? You said it perfectly, right? They're not coming out to, you know, magically have turned into something, right? There's an accountability. They've got to do the work to implement, but are you as a trainer really equipping them with what they need and the practical application of it and immersing them in, you know, practice teaching in a way that they can then, you know, step out and roll right into teaching that class. Because unfortunately, I have had conversations with teachers that don't feel equipped coming out of another training that they've had, and they're seeking another training. Mm. And that's just to me, like, that's just (laughs) non-negotiable. Like somebody should not feel that they have to seek another 200 hour, unless this is like in a totally different realm of a study. Sure. Um, but you know, that that's different. Sure. Yeah. I think there's, there's so much to be said about, you know, taking additional trainings, be it another 200 hour or, you know, CEUs or mm-hmm. pursuing your three or 500 hour. Like, I think um, I always, it's so funny that we're having this conversation because I was telling my teacher trainees this past weekend, <laughs> <laughs> like check yourself. If you're wanting to, to take additional trainings, ask yourself, is this because I am avoiding the work mm-hmm. or do I see value and I'm going to learn something beyond just getting that additional piece of paper and the validation from someone else saying, okay, now you're ready. Absolutely. Interestingly too, I am working on a podcast episode on that that same (laughs) concept and, and, uh, but you know, Jessica, it's really a relevant conversation that I think needs to be had and helps. I I believe it's supportive and it helps. And if we're going to come back to that sustainability, Mm -hmm. which I am about longevity and sustainability, my boys, my family, they know that I want to be doing this work for as long as I can. And they believe it. And I think part of it is you got to get real and you have to ask those tough questions. So good for you, you know, for including that in 
the process because why would we not want to equip, you know, those that are getting ready to venture out there to do the work with that kind of, you know, mentality and that equipping that really sets them up for, I feel like, success and creating sustainability doing this. Absolutely. I so agree with that. And it, to, I love what you just said there about creating the, your own sustainability. There's mm-hmm. there's not a, a certification for sustainability as a yoga teacher that I know of. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Maybe there is. S- send us a message if you know of one. Um, but, uh, you know, it, you're, you're defining what that means for you as a teacher. And, you know, you're, let's say someone's graduated from the 200 hour, they're putting in the work. Maybe they are, you know, as many of us do, as we first start teaching or even further down the road, they say yes to literally every opportunity and Mm -hmm. they find themselves, you know, as we were saying, driving all over town and, uh, you know, they're, you know, not making a ton of money and they're starting to reevaluate what, you know, what it is at their core that they're trying to accomplish. And they might be finding themselves at the brink of burnout. So mm-hmm. what would you say to that teacher, you know, to, to help them kind of reevaluate and write the ship? Well, you know, I believe burnout comes from a disconnection. And most often when I have the conversations with teachers, and this is something that's a checkpoint, I'm, I'm speaking from personal, um, <laughs> my personal checkpoints too, when I have found that I feel burnout, I'm losing passion to, you know, to go drive to this class or whatever it may be, I always check myself of, am I in balance with my personal dedication and my personal practice? And what I have found in the conversations I have had is when teachers come to me, you know, with kind of distraught in a way of like, I just, you know, I don't feel inspired. I don't, you know, all these things and and they're feeling like, you know, burnout and they're feeling like, I just don't know if I want to do this anymore. My first question always to them is how is your personal practice? And for some of them, a lot of them, it's been either it's out of balance, you're teaching way too much, you are not a student of the practice any longer, faithfully um, or dedicated in a daily rhythm of that, or uh, scary, (laughs) it's non-existent. Mm. Now, that's, and I, I think sometimes when people come to me asking for, you know, they want me to give them some secret, like, great, amazing sequence that's going to inspire them. Um, but I, I get them in tune with that of like, get and check and reconnect back to why you even began and wanted to teach in the beginning. Right. And it's probably because you love the practice for me. It was a gift I received. I want to give it to others, but teaching yoga Right. And loving yoga are two different things, like and being a student of the pride are two different skill sets. And so if you're just teaching, you're really disconnecting yourself from the personal connection. And so that's my kind of go to always is like get back in a reconnection to your personal practice, spending time, not with the primary focus to be like, so I can create the sequence again, mm-hmm. um, but to be inspired uh, to, to tap internally into something that I believe when burnout shows up is because we're probably focused more externally 
on what's going on around us. We get caught up in the hustle. We get caught up with what we see other teachers doing. We think that means, you know, what we should do. We get caught up with perfection and that progress element, like you mentioned earlier, that I need to take another training. I need to, you know, Mm -hmm. I need to consume as opposed to I really need to just give myself time to absorb And Jessica, I'll take it back too to seasons. And I spoke to this um, recently in my podcast, but I talked to seasons. Some people can do this and some it's just, you have to get a little creative with it. Sometimes the reason of uh, the season of respite has to show up, meaning you remove yourself, you know, from your teaching schedule and you give yourself time to reconnect back to your personal practice. And from my experience, experience when I give myself that time and that season, I'm rejuvenated. I I reconnect. I I get clear again on why I'm doing the work Mm -hmm. and I'm able to look inside more and I create consistency again to come back to that. And in turn, when we dedicate that time as a student of the practice, it's inevitably, from my experience, I can only speak from, it's going to translate, it's going to spill over into our teaching. It's going to, to me, it's going to refresh us, rejuvenate us, and we'll be able to connect and serve the students that are coming to practice with us again. Now, one little thing about people running all over the place, I I believe that you need to look at your schedule and have structure. I believe in efficiency and being skillful in this work. So time management is a key thing that yoga teachers uh, need to really look at as a, a skill set that sometimes I think gets overlooked. Um, so from a business side of things of looking at what you do and your, your time management, you know, are you being efficient in your energy exchange and in your finances and everything you're doing to run all over the place? Is it really efficient? So an evaluation needs to be made. Maybe you don't teach where you normally teach anymore. Maybe you pursue different avenues of teaching. And once again, seasons show up again. Maybe it's a season, again, for you to pursue something different um, to help ward off that burnout. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I'm just nodding my head, like, furiously over here. That's just so good. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, it's so interesting, too, this concept of seasons, some, I love, I love that you're sharing this, Sandy, because it's like, it, this is literally how our planet works. Yeah, <laughs> and, yes. <laughs> and like, it's so foreign to us in some ways when it comes to our own work. And it's, I think it's just society. It's like, we're always in, like our society seems to always be in this time of like production, like must, yes. must, must produce. And what would happen if you could allow yourself to, you know, kind of return to you know, what, what the earth is actually experiencing and in, in, in the different seasons. And, you know, maybe that doesn't perfectly align with the seasons that we experience each, each year, but if you could take some, some inspiration from, mm-hmm. from that and, and remove yourself, as you were saying, to get clear and, you know, maybe it's not for a full, you know, exact season, but just some time to reassess and recalibrate and return Absolutely. And I mean, give yourself permission to do that. Um, You know, sometimes I think we can make it hard on ourselves. And, you know, I even as of recently, a teacher that I work with in my mentorship program, we were in this discussion and she felt, and this is very valid. She felt that if she removed herself from a, a regular teaching position, that she was no longer a yoga teacher. Hmm. 
And so very valid, you know, uh, something for us to explore is that you are a yoga teacher, whether you're on a regular teaching schedule or not. And in fact, you know, you removing yourself to take time and then within the time of respite and, and reconnecting to your personal practice, you can still be preparing yourself and be ready to enter back into the, the ongoing, right. Or or a regular teaching uh, experience. You can still work on those things and keep your skill set fresh as you are in the season of respite and reconnection, you know, for yourself personally. So it's not that, you know, unless you're out there on somebody's schedule that you're no longer a teacher, but that was really a valid point for her to bring up of something she was experiencing. So I feel certain that probably somebody listening has felt that same way. So I'm just going to say, I give you permission and I hope you give yourself, (laughs) give yourself permission to take that time. Because if you want to have lasting longevity and sustainability in this work, just like the seasons that are right in front of us, there's a season of, of turning inward and a season, you know, of taking that to, in order for a rebirth to come and, you know, and, and an emergence of something to come from that season. So for sure, nature is a, a beautiful teacher for us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I'm, that's so generous that you shared from that recent conversation um, with your mentee, because I, I'm sure, and I even know in conversations with my own teaching community uh, within that, that people have said that exact thing. So I, I know that that's a common misconsumption mm-hmm. for teachers. So thanks Absolutely. for sharing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if you could go back to any point in your career, you know, any, any previous version of Sandy, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> and tell her something, just whisper in her ear and say something that would save her a headache or a sleepless night. What would it be? <laughs> well, it's interesting when you sent me uh, this, these, these questions to kind of, you know, ruminate on to, to prepare for our conversation. Mm-hmm. That was a very interesting one. And it, it really is interesting because it's coming off of Jessica and rolling out of the month of April was a big month for me. And at the end of April, I turned 50 years old. Oh, <laughs> so happy birthday. Talk, well, thank you. And you talk about reflection and you talk. So this question prompts reflection for me. Mm-hmm. And so the month and everybody kind of reminding me of that big <laughs> birthday, I was getting <laughs> ready to counter, which to me, I'm just grateful, right? For yeah. another year. It's a number. I'm grateful to be in that number. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but it does those kind of those moments or those monumental things that happen really create to me and birthdays in particular reflection points. So your question added to that reflection. And I'm thinking, you know, there's I'm grateful for here. I'll go back that every season of my life, every decade now that I can have accumulated <laughs> in my life and the varying uh, life circumstances, which. I've had hard times. So don't get me wrong when you're listening to me, like I've had some hardness of life and and we all do in humanity. And so if I'm looking back to a younger version of myself or possibly, you know, in the very beginning, when I stepped in to teach that first yoga class, you know, I think from a broad stroke, 
I would say spend more time focusing on the interior of the experience you're having, you know, and how you're being versus all the things you're doing. And I think we're in a society, we're in a culture, we're in, it's a way of life now that we're all focusing outward and looking, right? We're scrolling, we're looking at all these things that, that people around us are doing or they're presenting to us that they're doing. So it can be, you know, we can quickly get wrapped up in, in looking to the exterior. It's kind of like yoga practice, right? We use the asana, the poses, right, as vehicles to get us inside. Like what, you know, how am I being versus what I'm doing? So I think I would really support. Um, I think I was intuitive at that point in my younger years of some of these things. I just maybe didn't know what to call it, but yeah. I would reinforce that to stay focused, you know, on the interior, not to be consumed with myself, but to not be distracted by the exterior. And, and from a teaching standpoint, to not fall into, and I have fallen somewhat, but not <laughs> too far into the trap of distraction sometime and comparison mm -hmm. and thinking that what others were doing, what other teachers that I, that appeared to me seemed successful, right? They were on mm -hmm. this platform. Um, for me to not fall into a trap of comparison that my journey as a teacher needed to look like that and to always hone back into the congruency of like I have a unique gift as a teacher I have a unique uh, sharing of the practice and so that's where I'm a huge advocate you know consume educate yourself right get trained I want you to be efficient out there teaching but give yourself time to absorb give yourself time to apply because no one can share or teach the practice like you. Mm. So no training, right, is going to give you that. You have to give yourself that permission to go inside, to evaluate it for yourself and to share from that beautiful space because we all and teachers that are listening have a unique pathway uh, of sharing the practice. There will be some things that are, you know, I, I think are the easy skill set things but you really tapping into your being like who you are as the teacher and what, you know, that aligns into and your intent that again, Jessica, I'll tell, I'll say from my experience will align you into doing this work for a long time and sustaining it for a long time. Oh my gosh. I am. I'm just, I'm almost like a little misty eyed <laughs> because like, I could just feel that like, it's so, that's so generous. And I got a lot out of, I just know other people did too. Like that's, that's just so incredible. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Such Absolutely. a good insight. Yeah. So for the folks that are listening and myself, how can we work with you? Tell us a little bit more. <laughs> Well, my biggest, I guess, uh, thing that I'm about in my project and, you know, my purpose, so to speak right now is I've had those seasons I've mentioned, I've taught the classes, I've taught the workshops, the trainings, I love to do all those things, I still do those things. But last summer, you know, I was sitting with this kind of, and I think it was on a car ride somewhere. And I was just kind of like ruminating, like, what now? Like, what do mm -hmm. I do? <laughs> and so from that, it kind of, you know, I could fall into what I've always known and done, which I've picked up some, you know, efficiency and effectiveness and in, in training and doing those things. But then it was like, no, I think now I really want to equip yoga teachers, right? I have a, a, a series of experiences and things that I can share with other teachers. And like we've already talked about, you know, it can get lonely out there. 
uh, those rolling out of 200 hour teacher trainings and those who have been teaching for a while even mm-hmm. can feel lonely and don't know who to turn to to kind of sift through things get clarity on their direction so my beyond yoga teacher training mentorship program was kind of burst <laughs> last summer out of that revelation of like this is your this is now what you are going to offer mm-hmm. so a couple of years ago I'm going on two years now my beyond yoga teacher training podcast came into fruition from the encouragement from a young new yoga teacher and she really encouraged me to create the podcast so it once again was one of those new things that I was willing (laughs) to be curious (laughs) and learn right and I'm still learning you know how to do that but support but it really has aligned with what I know and what's congruent with where I am in my season now as a teacher is to support those right beyond that yoga teacher training like I support with my podcast with a lot of episodes that like we've talked about things that aren't covered in Mm -hmm. yoga teacher training the real-time things I can only mock up so many things in my teacher trainings I offer like it's the real-time experiences and so that resource is out there for yoga teachers and then in conjunction with that is my mentorship program and so that is a one-to-one it's a unique uh, relationship developed. I don't offer a cookie cutter program for you to go through. I want to know what you've got going on. I want to support you from my experience and equip you to give clarity because this can get very vast, vast in depth of like, I don't even know what to do, like Mm -hmm. we've said already. So that program comes out of that. Now I do offer two, and I want to let listeners know that kind of an entry point of just getting to know teachers. And I love to meet new teachers is I offer a 45 minute uh, free mentoring session. So all you do is go to my website and you sign up for that. And we meet and we get to know each other and I get to understand better where you are in your teaching journey and get to understand if, you know, there's a way I can support you through the mentorship program. And so I am, so inspired by all the teachers out there doing the work. I often say I'm your biggest fan. I want to support you. And I am grateful that I've been able to connect with so many people really around the globe. And it's just truly continued to be the gift and that service and connection that has fueled me since I began teaching 20 years ago. Mm, Oh my gosh. What, speaking of gift, like that's so incredible. Like I love that you listened. Like I love, this is something that I, I teach my clients is like when people are asking you for something specific in your business, like, listen, like, what can you, what nugget can you pull from that? And you listen to a new teacher who said, I would love for you to have a podcast. And it, (laughs) it turned into this mentorship program where you're really serving these new teachers in such a deep custom personal way. Like that's so beautiful. Yeah, it really, Jessica, is beyond what anything I ever, I ever even imagined, but I'm so grateful for that encouragement from that teacher. And, you know, like I've said, I'm a details and I'm a talker. So it was like the perfect platform for me um, (laughs) to share, (laughs) to share, but really, you know, not to just share, to hear myself talk, but to really give like, you know, it's kind of like I'd accumulate and it's like, what do I do with this? And so it was one of those little crossroads again of like, what do I do that feels of service? And it's like, now I want to pour in and to these teachers out there doing this work, because as we've talked this whole episode, 
I want you to be doing this work 10 years from now, five years from now. Yeah. You know, I want you to, to feel encouraged. I want you to feel inspired and I want you to feel supported because I felt like what I saw out there, there wasn't a lot of that being offered. And I thought mm -hmm. I can do that and I want to do that. And it's just been very rewarding and reciprocated to me as a gift in the encounters and the relationships I've developed with those that I am working with. Mm, well, that's so beautiful. So tell us how we can find you. Tell us how we can sign up for your free 45 minute mentoring session, all that good stuff. Well, I have a website. It's sandyraper.com. So S-A-N-D-Y-R-A-P-E-R.com. Lots of resources. My podcast is probably my huge, you know, our largest resource on there. But I do have a blog on there and I have some other kind of free resources for teachers um, or just yoga enthusiasts. And um, that is available on there. You can find all the information to work with me, which would include booking that first um, call uh, for us to get to know each other. Like I said, it's free and it's very accessible. So you just find that through my website. And then I'm on Instagram, Sandy Raper Yoga. You can find me on there. The podcast has its own page as well. It's the BYTT podcast. And I'm on Facebook. I'll probably say, you know, Instagram's probably where I show up the most. I am on Facebook as far as Sandy Raper Yoga as well. And I try to keep that updated and keep some information out there to support yoga teachers in particular and support those who are just trying to develop in their yoga practice. Mm, well, thank you so much for this. You are incredible. I'm just so grateful that we got to have this chat and to share your message with the teachers that are listening, because I know that you're going to help even more people than you already have. And it's just so beautiful. <laughs> so thank you. Well, thank you, Jessica. And I appreciate you and I appreciate the work you're doing. And, you know, I just often say, I wish we could all see these little dots of connection, you know, running across in the threads and we're all really in this together. Um, it doesn't have to be lonely. And all we have to do is just really reach out like you did to me, right. And connect and just expand and grow this message of support. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, it's my pleasure. I couldn't agree more. I can't wait for this to post. Thanks. I again. know me too. Thank you. Sandy is such an incredible light. I just had so much fun talking with her and her experience in yoga and kind of riding the wave in the different seasons and finding herself in different portions of her business is so incredible. And I'm just so glad that we got to spend that time together in learning and in community. She is such an incredible resource. So definitely go give her a follow. She's over at Sandy Raper Yoga and also at by. TT podcast. You can find her podcast on any of the podcast platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, it's beyond yoga teacher training, and then head over to her website, sandyraper.com. If you would like to sign up for her free consult, that's an incredible gift, 45 minutes with such an experienced teacher and understanding how she could support you from a mentoring aspect is something you should definitely take advantage of. So go check that out. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Send me a DM on Instagram. It's at jessicacross.co. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know. Have you experienced burnout in your teaching career? Because I know I have, and I feel like this is something that we don't talk about enough as teachers. So I'd love to be in community with you and share that experience. So hit me up in the DMs over on Instagram and let me know what you thought of this episode. 
I hope to catch you on the next chat. Sending love until then. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Off The Mat podcast and give yourself some gratitude for taking action in your wellness business journey. Please share this episode with someone you know who could use a fresh dose of inspiration. And we'd be thrilled if you would rate, review, and subscribe to Marketing Off The Mat on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to share an idea with Jessica? DM her at jessicacross.co on Instagram to continue the conversation or find out how she can help you take the next right step in your business. Until next time, stay inspired and keep showing up.